Welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. Discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm Emily Hamill, an international five-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant-strong athlete, recording in Cheltenham, England for the last time this year, which is crazy, Um, but maybe we'll get into that later. And I am Tyler Held. I am a semi-retired professional five-star groom, sport performance psychology doctoral student and practitioner. I'm a lifelong learner in the areas of mindset, positive thinking, and motivation. I am a gym owner and a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I am recording in Chester County, Pennsylvania, where uh, it's feeling like fall already, Emily. That's crazy. Um, Yeah, it's cooled off here a little bit in England. We've had some really hot weather, especially for here. They, like, didn't know how to handle 90 and 100 degree weather, but it started to rain yesterday, and now it's cooling off, and it does feel like fall is near. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I woke up, and it was about 60 degrees this morning, and I went for a nice little morning run because the the weather just tempted me to do it so um and I hate running so that says a lot about how nice it feels out right now yeah that is great to like sleep when it's a little bit cooler and wake up to the cool it just kind of at least for me kind of motivates me and all of that but anyways we would like to welcome you or welcome you back to the whole equestrian podcast As we said in our intro, our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses, and we do this by having conversations about being more well-rounded individuals via our pillars, mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. We release one made episode a month, but also have had some exciting guests on the show, so make sure to check those out. This month, we'll be centering our conversation around curiosity and inspiration, and we were actually also super lucky to have one of our listeners uh, decide to sponsor this episode for us, and I feel like her product and mission really goes along with uh, the topics that we're going to be talking about today. So, um, Kayla of Hand Painted Ponies. Uh, started painting wine glasses as a gift for her trainers, vets, and barn friends in December of 2020, and from there decided that she needed a more kid-friendly option, which led her to uh, mugs and stemless glasses, which morphed into a whole business, which she calls Hand Painted Ponies, and it's this fun, creative, inspirational way to make extra money to pay for her horse expenses. You know, obviously, I feel like a lot of our listeners can relate to that. Um, Kayla loves creating small pieces that capture the love we have for our horses. They make great gifts or treat yourself buys. And she's actually going to offer $5 off to each order made in August to our listeners. So go ahead, check her out on Facebook or Instagram at Hand Painted Ponies. Uh, We're going to shoot out a few blasts ourselves of these beautiful like 
tumblers and wine glasses and like all different kinds of cups i feel like as horse people like one of the best gifts to give is something personalized like you know our horses we love them so much they're not going to be here forever having some sort of memento that reminds us of them uh while they're here and and then for when they're gone is is definitely super important so um definitely be sure to check that out and we will go ahead and get into our goals and books for this episode well before we get into the goals I just want to say I love that I love you know the the side hustle mentality and like making things work and also you know uh, using creativity to create quality products for equestrians so Way to go, Kayla. I will be sure to get my uh, painted pony wear and uh, hopefully get some for some friends as well. Yeah, I mean, berry, berry mugs could go could go viral after you crush Burly. That is very true. So maybe we'll have to work on that. Yeah, everyone's going to want a berry but mug. I... <laughs> of course. Who doesn't? Um Anyway, so uh, moving on to goals and our word of the year. My word of the year is value, and my trip to England has really given me perspective on what I value in my work with horses and in my relationships with other people, kind of like stepping aside and going outside of my normal and my comfort zone has just given me the opportunity to realize what I value. And while I've been here, seeing how people do things on this side of the pond has confirmed some of what I have already been doing, but also encouraged me to grow and become better moving forward. So uh, yeah, my word is holding strong and helping me through 2022. And speaking of 2022, which I am calling the year of the twos, I am kind of doing things in two in some way, shape, or form. I'm currently working on getting my second horse. Hopefully that will come about while I'm still here. If not, I'll be looking when I get back to the States. But I'm actually going on a trip to Holland this weekend to look at a couple of young horses, and I'm really excited about that. Um, so fingers crossed, and I will keep you guys posted. Another way that two things have influenced my life this year, uh, especially during this trip, is I've gotten back into Pilates. So, you know, I've done yoga I do yoga on a daily basis, and I'd kind of done Pilates sporadically, but I have found a great Pilates studio in Cheltenham, and uh, so now I'm going to a Pilates studio a couple times a week and a yoga studio a couple times a week, so I'm loving those two things and how they work together. So, uh, Tyler, what what were you going to say? I, I was just going to say I, I love that. Um, I've actually been pretty committed to doing uh mobility work uh which is pretty much yoga um but it's more yin mm -hmm. yoga static holds it's called range of motion workout of the day so i've been trying to do that three or four times a week 
Um, and it's crazy, like, the subtle differences that you can see, even just, like, implementing that in. Like, the deep sumo squat, right? I was never able to do that with my heels on the ground. My heels always came up in it. And I sort of, like, suffered through it for the first couple times that I've done it. And now it's, like, still a bit uncomfortable, but I can at least have my heels all the way on the ground. Um, and, like... I did a downward dog the other day and was like, oh, I can press my heels down here too. And like, I'm usually not able to do that. So that's kind of cool. And like, just sort of seeing how I grow um, in my flexibility, which is always fitting because my word of the year is growth. Um, and definitely, you know, I feel like when you're focusing on growth, you're focusing on change, there's always a problem of more, more, more. What else could I be doing? How can I add on to this? Um, and so adding this extra caveat of recognizing when to take a break, um, taking time to recover, like, you know, if you're going through growing pains, you oftentimes, like, have pain throughout the process, and then all of a sudden the growth appears. So, um realizing that sometimes like you are going to hit some walls physically mentally i just uh competed in jujitsu like two weekends in a row and definitely hit a wall um at that tournament physical mental whatever i had like a performance breakdown which obviously i'm studying in sport and performance psychology and um and just definitely interesting to dissect all those factors and be like okay well sometimes in searching for growth like taking a break is what you need to do to sort of give those growing pains time to recover and get better if that makes sense um, totally but in terms of the year of the 22 um i set like five 22 themed goals i think it was like 22 clients in sports psychology 22 books like a lot of them um i've been checking off and i wanted to compete 22 times in brazilian jiu-jitsu which like originally i think i kind of meant that i would do like 22 competitions but then i realized that's actually like quite a lot to do in a year so i'm breaking it down in matches and i actually just hit 31 matches uh this past weekend my record's 24 wins six losses and one draw so feel like i'm having a pretty good year uh i'm like 20th on the adult blue belt leaderboard out of like 600 people so that's pretty cool um it's been awesome to like have that time to grow and focus on myself this year as i've been building my sports psychology practice still doing a little bit in the horses um but not you know not working full-time as as a barn manager working student like groom all that stuff has just been it's been nice to sort of take the time for myself do that for me um and so now i think like the rest of the year i'm gonna focus on just doing a couple super fights some more local stuff um there's not a lot on the calendar that works for me to get to um there's a big championship the the week of the Maryland five star. And I told Jenny that I'd help her groom there. So, you know, there, there's my semi-retired professional five star groom. I'll, I'll be out at, at the Maryland five star helping Jenny uh, ride to the finish. And hopefully should be a good weekend there. I uh, wouldn't want to miss that for the world. So, um, yeah, lots of really good things happening. 
That is a lot of fighting. That's all I have to say. I'm like, you're telling me these numbers? I'm like, that is a lot of fighting. But, uh, you know, you seem to be crushing it, and I, I support you. So, way to go. And I'm excited you'll be at the Five Star, because I will be there doing a couple book signings as well. So, Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm actually going to be putting together um I'm an equestrian themed silent auction for one of my jujitsu events to kind of blend my two worlds together. So, um it's an event I do every year called Tap Cancer Out and it's to like raise money for cancer research beneficiaries, uh people that are suffering. All 100% of it goes to cancer. So, I've had a couple of people volunteer their time and lessons, including Emily. Um, I, Emily's mom sent me a copy of the Barry book. Emma Ford's going to give me a copy of her book. Um, so I should have some fun items to raffle off. The Major League Eventing crew is going to donate some Major League Eventing gear and Starbucks gift cards and all of that. So I'm sort of going to try to uh, direct that towards being live at Fair Hill, so we have a, a fun thing to do there as well. That's awesome. Can't wait. So, all right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for our goals and word of the year. So you know what time that makes it, Tyler? Yes, Are I do, you ready Emily. for it? Yeah, it's time okay. for books, books, books. Books, books, books. I think we did it. I think we nailed it. All right. From afar. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe in it. <laughs> yes. So the book that I've been reading this month is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And this is one of the best-selling self-help books of all time. Like if you've been in this area at all, you know, like listening to podcasts or like reading other books, this book gets um, a lot of credit and talk. It was actually first published in 1936, but it's surprisingly applicable to life today. So even though we may like interact with people in different ways now, thanks to technology, our relationship with others are, it's still one of the core human experiences. So this book basically breaks down like how to interact better with others. Um, and as the title suggests, win friends and influence people. So I think it's a it's a good read. I like how he uses real life stories to illustrate his points and make them kind of stick so it's easy to remember. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing, there's a lot of, like, common themes. He breaks it down into smaller ones, but basically it talks about the importance of truly being interested in the other person that you're you know, doing business with, or you have like a personal relationship with and engaging them in a way that makes them respect and want to work with you or spend time with you. So I think he gives a lot of actionable advice and it's useful in all aspects of life. So it's a must read classic with timeless lessons. Uh, so I would highly suggest it. Have you read that book before, Tyler? I don't think I've ever read it cover to cover. I know I had a copy at one point and I skimmed through. I definitely have listened to that book on tape at least once, if not twice. 
Um, but I do like how much mm-hmm. it ties into sort of what we want to talk about today of like, you know, being curious can spark so many different paths and like being genuinely c- curious in other people um, is super helpful. And I, I think uh, when I was first in the horse world, like I was sort of in a situation where I was like the only working student or it would be me and one other working student at a barn. And so it was very isolating at times. Um, You know, you come to Chester County, Pennsylvania, and it's like there's a whole community of people, um, you know, at True Prospect Farm, there's four or five operations just working out of that farm together. So like you get to see all these people and make friends and like make connections. Um, but this, this book was definitely pretty influential for me at that time of my life where I was like maybe a little bit more sheltered and had to find other outlets to find friends, which is sort of what brought fitness into my life as well of like, oh, like, let me get curious about what other people are doing and then, okay, I'm going to try this thing or that thing. And like, you know, just because it's not related to horses doesn't mean it's not going to be beneficial to my life. And, um, I definitely feel like that took me down a, a really good path. I love that. So what have you been reading? So I just finished, uh, I actually just finished uh, two books because one was really small. So the first one that was like quite a small but good book um, was called Full Circle Marketing. And it's just like a very simplified view of how you should market your business and like looking at not only getting customers, but keeping them. So obviously um, opening a gym, uh, running sort of the customer management side of that has sparked my curiosity and interest in like getting better at marketing and all this customer relations stuff. Um, so I actually heard about that book on another podcast that I listened to and picked it up and um, just finished that one last night. But the other book that I read um, was called Happy People Are Annoying. And I don't know, Emily, we've got a few years between us. Did you ever watch Drake and Josh when you were younger? I did not. I think that was like okay, after so my time of that kind of TV watching. <laughs> yeah, because you know you're you're almost you got you got some years on me, Emily. I, I did. Uh, I have a few. Drake and Josh was like Drake and Josh was like peak of my childhood. Like Drake and Josh was like the show to watch, and so a Nickelodeon show. Um, Josh Peck uh, from Drake and Josh wrote this book. And, you know, I'm not going to, like, scream from the rooftops about it and be like, everyone needs to go read this book because it was good, but, like, it was really, like, his life story. And I feel like it's not, like, super-duper relatable unless you, too, were a childhood star that, like, had to, like, go through, you know, being a childhood star and then coming in realizing that you're not as good as your craft that you thought and like da 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 there there's just like a whole journey that he takes you through but it does give some interesting insights into happiness weight loss addiction um different things and like you know he's seems to have his life together now has a wife and a kid and like um all sorts of like different projects and stuff that he's working on um but it and some of the stuff that basically like he had people telling him that you know, because he's fat, he's got to be funny. And that's how he, like, creates this career for himself. And then he loses weight and, like, has this identity thing in acting of, like, well, well now I'm not the funny guy. Yeah. What? It's it's just, like, it's a lot. It's a lot. So um, if you watch Drake and Josh, um, 
you might smile at some things reading it. Um, if you didn't, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's not my top top pick of the year. But Barnes & Noble is currently having a sale on books right now. And even though I told myself that I wasn't going to buy more books, like, because the library is a wonderful thing, I just bought a few new books that I'm really excited to read in more of the, like, fiction-y categories. I'm like, mm, maybe I'll, like, take a break from my memoir genre and, like, read something that I typically wouldn't. So I, I picked up a book that's, like, based on, like, Greek mythology sort of type thing. And so I'm excited to see where that takes us for next month's conversation. Nice. Well, I... If, if you are looking for a specific book or something, or just you want me to check something out, we have, in England, they have a ton of these uh, charity shops, and basically people just donate, you know, their clothes or their old books to the shop, um, and they have different kinds, like some will support cancer research, some will support veterans, um, but yeah, just a couple blocks away from my house, there's this charity bookshop and they, it's huge. And I think they have every book imaginable, um, and everything's really well priced and it all goes to charity. So, you know, if you're going to buy something, I feel like that's the way to do it. So let me know if you need yeah. anything. Well, Emily, I, w- I would, I would love for you to bring me a book back from England. Like you just, I'll just pick. Like you just be like, oh, I okay. think Tyler would like. Ooh, this. that's a fun, fun uh, thing for me to do. So I'll get, I'll get on that. But as much as we would love to keep talking about books, I think it's time that we start to get into our main topic, which is curiosity and how that can inspire you. So. The inspiration for this topic actually came to me a couple weeks ago when I had the best day off. Like it was just, I I didn't do anything crazy special. I basically stayed in my own town, you know, that I'm living in currently. Um, But it was such a good day because literally I just followed my curiosity wherever it took me. So I started the day by going to a new Pilates studio and doing a class there. And I just felt like, you know, great afterwards. So then I got a coffee on my way home. Uh, I walk everywhere here because everything is just like close and walkable and pretty and all of that. So I got a coffee at a new place that I've passed like many times. But every time I pass it, I'm not like, it's not really coffee time. So I was like, all right, I'll go in there. It was like the best chai, dirty chai latte I've had since I've been here. So that was cool. And then um, I took like a new, not really a new, but a different route home than I would have usually taken. And uh, I passed, like I came across the street fair, which I wouldn't have known about had I not walked past it. So then, you know, I went through there and I met this vendor who sold the best chips and salsa in England uh, because basically they don't have Mexican food over here, which has been really hard for me as a lover of all things Mexican and margaritas. Um, but anyway, so I like found this great vendor and then, you know, like went to a couple other places, you know, just like it was a fun, fun thing. And then when I finally got home, 
I uh, was just feeling really jazzed up and inspired, and I don't know exactly what led me to it, but I think I, I don't know what led me to it, but I was like, you know what, I want to be, see if I can become a meditation teacher on Insight Timer, so then I like, you know, started going down that rabbit hole, figuring out what I needed to do, it's actually not that hard, um, so then I like wrote and recorded a meditation uh, put it up there. Now it's actually live. I've done another one. We can get into that later if you want. Uh, and then basically I got curious about like what I wanted to have for dinner later that night and I tried a, a new recipe and basically to sum up, it was a fantastic day all thanks to curiosity. So here we are in our main topic. Tyler, how do we want to think about this when it comes to mindset? So I feel like with anything, um, the conversation of curiosity and mindset has to do with how you're framing and looking at things, right? And so if you take a very negative approach to things, there's always going to be a gray cloud over it. So if you're going through a hard time or a failure and you sort of dig into those negative aspects, our brains are hardwired to look for patterns. So we're going to end up staying in this really negative place because it's like we're just like in this self-fulfilling prophecy mode. But when we can create some curiosity and try to get inspired around things that go poorly, like that is what can inspire positive changes in our lives. So the biggest example of this for me is like my own journey in life and like going and thinking about myself as an equestrian athlete. Like, yeah, there was wins and uh, ribbons and awards and stuff like that. But at the same time, I feel like I had a lot of failures, um, both technically and mentally. And getting really curious about what made me fail is what actually led me into my whole career that I'm doing right now. So it's like this idea of failing forward through curiosity of like, if this thing isn't working, let's be curious about what could work instead of frustrated because frustration is not a facilitative thing. Um, so always looking at facilitative versus debilitative and then realizing that a lot of times like people are always trying to just like try harder all, all the time it's like okay let's let's try harder but sometimes stepping away getting curious about how you could look at something from a different mindset is the best thing that you can do and like I feel like there's so many examples of this just like in the world in general like uh, things being solved on accident. For instance, uh, penicillin was found on accident because like literally the guy researching the flu virus left on vacation for two weeks and he came back and there, there was like a bacteria uh, growing on his experiment. And I just feel like there's just a lot of really interesting stuff that we can talk about that happens like this. Like hitting a wall, stepping away, and then letting your curiosity flow. Um, and I feel like it 
ties into a lot of the other concepts that we talk about commonly in this mindset portion of the podcast, the fixed versus growth mindset, right? Like if in you're a very fixed mindset, you're stuck in your ways. You think this is who I am. Uh, this is what I have to do because this is my identity. And a growth mindset is like, well, we're open to all these things. How can uh, what a football player does in terms of their pre-performance routine relate to equestrian athletes? How can we pull from all these different wealth and knowledge areas in the world to sort of just grow and take and build a conceptualization of the world that is most beneficial to us and it, and it's just being open to all these things um and I feel like it also ties into this concept of like when we talk about mental skills there's offensive mental skills and there's defensive mental skills and basically like offensive mental skills are those mental skills that you're using to put yourself in the peak performance zone but then defensive mental skills happen when you're at a deficit when you're trying to overcome something maybe you know you've just had a stop on cross country are you going to let that be a defining moment for you or are you going to be able to have the mental skills to get to the next level and like being able to fail is really difficult. And so I feel like that really ties into curiosity. Like, why? Why are we so afraid of failing? Why are we so afraid of doing all these things? And when you can have the answers to those questions, a whole world of opportunity opens up. Because when you're not afraid to fail, you're going to try all sorts of new things. And like, you don't know what's going to work for you until you try. For sure. Uh, I think as equestrians, we are probably used to failing <laughs> and uh, I think just exploring all of that and even though we may be used to failing we still don't like to so you know getting curious about why you are afraid to fail um, and like the emotions that are all tied up with that and yeah, I mean, I think you summed that up pretty well, so I'm just going to stop talking. But on a more simple note uh, and ways that you could become curious in relation to mindset is, you know, it could be as easy as trying a new style of meditation or reading a different kind of book or listening to a, a new podcast. And... Um, yeah, I think that just opening your mind again and you don't have to agree with everything you hear or you listen to um, or you read or whatever it might be. But again, that curiosity can lead you to new ways of thinking, which, you know, you might be able to apply to things in your life in, in ways that you, you wouldn't have otherwise. So... And speaking of trying new things, fitness is a great place to expand your curiosity. And again, you can keep it kind of simple. You know, maybe you just want to, you're curious about a different type of workout or uh, you want to go to a, a different class at a studio or a gym or you want to try a new teacher. Um, I always say that you should try everything once and the fun things twice. So even if it ends up being not for you, like whatever new thing you're trying, you can always learn something from the class or the teacher. 
Um, and then just a which you know you you know what that means, Emily. What's that? That means that you're coming to a jujitsu class when you come back to a. I will. I will for sure do that. <laughs> I'll give it a go, Tyler. For you. You gotta. You gotta practice what you preach. <laughs> I try everything once. I. I will. I've told you that we just hasn't come about, but I. I'm open to it. We'll give it a go. So. And right. then jujitsu in Mexican. Perfect. Sounds like a great date night. Um, so, <laughs> you know, on a side note, if going to a gym or a studio isn't feasible for you, um, you could always try a new YouTube fitness video. There's so many to choose from. Or you could uh, go for a walk and take a new route. I've been doing a lot of walking in my time here. Um, I have a cool, like, Cheltenham is such a cool town. I absolutely love it. But just last week, I found this new park that I'd never been to because I just like walked a different way. And it's now I have gone there a couple times because it's so cool. But again, it wouldn't have happened had I not tried a new route. And uh, so yeah, just some things to keep in mind about curiosity and fitness. What do you have, Tyler? I feel like it's, again, sort of tied into switching the script, right? If you are fearful of something, it's a huge barrier to trying it, right? And so uh, if you're afraid to fail, if you're afraid to look stupid, if you're afraid of what other people are going to think about you, you're not going to be able to put yourself into a situation where, you know, you can go and fail at something and laugh at yourself. Um, So instead of thinking, oh, well, I'm scared to try this or I can't, I won't, change it into curiosity. Um, Jiu-jitsu is something that I was simply just curious about, right? I had done meditation. I had done yoga. I thought martial arts was like a well-rounded like piece to that. And I like literally didn't even really know what jiu-jitsu was. I was afraid. I saw the people on the mats like doing jujitsu, I was like, there's no way that I can do that. Like, absolutely not. There was a lot of fear. And it took, you know, even just having a friend with me that uh, sort of nudged me. And she's like, come on, like, let's try it. Let's give it a go. And that led the curiosity to actually following through with the plan. And now look at where I am today. So like, you don't even know what your life could need if you stay in this very fixed pathway of, you know, oh, I'm a horse girl, so I just do horses and, like, that's it. Like, what other areas can we get curious about to grow ourselves? And then also, how can maintaining curiosity prevent burnout? Um, Being inspired to see what your body can do, what your limits are, can change the mental framework that you use for working out. So obviously like traditional workouts, you know, if you're going to go do weightlifting, it's like, okay, let's do three sets of 10, rest for two minutes, do three sets of 10. And yeah, like you're getting heavier weights, like you're doing stuff, but it's not like this skill that you're developing. It's not seeing your body change from uncoordinated unbalance to, oh, wow, like, look at what I can do. Um, 
And so trying to teach yourself a new skill like pull-ups or walking on your hands or like getting curious of like, ooh, how long can I hold that plank for? I think can just make a lot more fun in the workout space instead of making it a chore. Yeah, for sure. And uh, any way that we can prevent burnout is is a great thing. So um Yes, variety is the the spice of life, right? Absolutely. And I feel like that sort of segues perfectly into our conversation about nutrition because like curiosity in food prevents burnout as well. Like I feel like I'm the kind of person that sometimes if I like set my mind to a particular diet or macronutrient goal or something like that, like I just see people that eat the same thing every day and that's how they simplify it and they meet their fitness nutrition goals and and they're really successful and I just get to a point where I'm like, I can't eat chicken and rice again. Like, I can't eat chicken and rice and broccoli. Um, And so how can, like, you use healthy ingredients to create different different things? And, like, biodiversity in your diet actually really influences good gut health. So the more different kinds of plant matter that you can eat, the healthier gut microbiome can be. And as someone who suffered from celiac disease and had a really destroyed gut, that's like super important to me because when your gut is not good, like your head is also not good. The gut brain connection, there's so much research into that. I could literally do a whole episode on it, but definitely just like knowing that getting curious about oh what is that weird fruit at the grocery store not only is gonna be an adventurous thing for you but it's also going to help your gut microbiome yeah it's kind of fun to to just like pick up different things at the grocery store and give it a try so I I love that and I think also getting curious about how foods affect you is a a fun thing to do like for example I've been trying to cut out alcohol for the most part I, I I'm not like I don't drink a lot of alcohol but I do tend to like you know have one or two drinks when I'm out with friends you know and I'm just I'm trying to back that off and just like see how that makes me feel you could also use caffeine um as another one, you know, play around with caffeine intake. I know for me at times I like need a cup of coffee in the morning and I do go through stages where I'm like, okay, I'm going to cut out caffeine and just like see how that makes me feel. And then like, if I drink it again, see, see what that does. And anyways, you could do that with a whole, you know, list of things, but those are just a few examples. And again, it's all about curiosity Um, another thing that I've always wanted to do, but I haven't yet is a food sensitivity test, just because I'm curious if there are foods that I'm eating that actually aren't, uh, beneficial or, you know, could be creating some sort of like inflammation in my body or whatever. So I think there's quite a few tests on the market at this point and, uh, probably some pretty good science behind it. And you can also do tests that have different biomarkers in it so your vitamin and mineral counts you know whether you're deficient in it or you have a surplus of that you know 
vitamin B12 and D3 and iron are big ones for like vegans and vegetarians to keep an eye on. So again, I'm curious about doing those tests. Um, I think Tyler, you've played around with that a bit if you want to share your experience. Yeah, I've actually gotten, um, you know, a couple different food sensitivity tests done just after celiac disease. I wanted to see if there's anything else that was like sort of cross-reactive in my body. Um, luckily, I haven't really found anything that um, doesn't sit with me besides gluten. Um, but yeah, I do uh, athletic blood work. I've done it twice now. I'm probably going to do it once more in the fall just because the last blood work that I had, um, I had a surplus of iron in my body, which was actually quite weird because when I was first diagnosed with celiac disease, I was very, very anemic. Um, and so I actually got put on a supplement to sort of bind to the extra iron in my body and like help flush that out. And I, I use a fitness tracking device called a whoop and my heart rate variability, um, improved by like 20, which like a higher heart rate variability is better. Um, so like it, it, the whoop works from red, yellow, green. So in the past, a green recovery day for me, like the best that I could get was like my heart rate variability in the 30. Um, and typically now, that that is like a red recovery day for me. I, I average around 50, 60 heart rate variability, and I've seen it get as high as 112, which is like athlete status. Um, try, trying to work on how I can be there all the time and get dialed into a few more things. But um, definitely, if you're someone that is curious about your health and you want to take supplements and stuff like that, having that concrete evidence of this is what you need uh, can really help the process along because like you could throw yourself vitamin D3 because like D3 is good for you and not even realize that you actually already have too much of that in your body. So um, if you want to get curious and specific, it's definitely important. Cool. And I guess I guess uh, I guess I have the next thing to say as well, Emily, because um, like I feel like, you know, just getting curious about yourself and how food affects you we can simplify this down even more of just changing our mindset towards food, right? Like if you have a fixed mindset towards food of like, if you like X, Y, and Z and like, that's who you are, try something different. If you're a meat and potatoes gal, try a vegan uh, meal, see how it tastes. Like, I feel like if you have a very like closed mindset, oh, like, ah, I'm not going to eat that vegan crap. Like you're, you don't know, you don't know if it's going to be good or not. And I feel like, um, something that's really like tangible for this for me was actually getting diagnosed with celiac disease. Like there is a fair number of foods that I did not eat before I got diagnosed with celiac disease. And then um, having like a huge food group cut out of my diet, I was just like, oh, I don't have like the luxury to be picky anymore. Like I'm going to this restaurant and like I'll do things where um, – for instance, when we go to Bromont, right, uh, a lot of the French speaking Canadians like don't actually speak English there. And so the luckily the word for gluten in French is gluten and they know gluten free cuisine. And so I would go to restaurants and I'd say, please bring me whatever you want. 
like as long as it's gluten free. And if I look back to eating when I was, you know, more in my formative years, I was like, ah, I don't like mushrooms. I don't like, um, you know, I don't like fish. I don't like all this like weird vegetables. I'm like, man, not a big eggplant girl. And now I'm like, I'll try it if it's gluten free. And I like all the foods. I enjoy them. And so I was sort of forced into curiosity. But even if you're not, you could, right? Like you could be open to all these things. And like, it's applicable to cooking too. Um, right? Like I like to not follow any sort of rigidity when I cook. Like, I, I know Emily loves uh, Green Chef. She gave me, like, a little coupon code to get a free Green Chef, and I was like, Emily, I hated it. Like, I don't cook straightforward. I'm always just like, oh, I wonder what this would taste like if I throw this in here, and like, oh, I need some acid. Like, let's throw some vinegar in, and I'm just kind of, like, crazy and wild and fun and inspired, and um, it's just it's just an enjoyable process from that mindset. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's funny that you bring up the green chef thing because I definitely was like, I loved green chef because it made me try different recipes, you know, like I cooked and everything, but it was pretty much the same standard. And I just like run through it, you know, because that was like what I knew and I didn't know enough in the kitchen to get creative, um, and curious. But then I will say the benefit of Green Chef was I started to understand like how things went together and like what would make for a good dish. And now I actually have gotten really comfortable cooking new things and like not using a recipe. I've done a lot of that while I've been in England. You know, I just like take what I have in the house and I try to use it up in a creative way. And it's been really fun. But I think, you know, if you need need a little help first um, to spark your curiosity that, you know, some sort of meal plan thing might might help get, get the juices flowing, I guess. So, and uh, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to say on that, but if, if you don't, I think, you know, to sum it up, with the cooking, cooking is best when it's shared and it brings us together. And that brings us to our final pillar of community. So again, yeah, I think the best thing to do is just keep it simple. You know, when it comes to community, you could join a new Facebook, wow, I couldn't say that, Facebook group for something. Facebook. Facebook group. <laughs> Um, for something that's more of like a fringe interest. Uh, and, you know, we touched on it earlier. It can be easy to be like, I'm a horse girl and I just do horses and blah, blah, blah. But like, you've got to have interests outside of that. Or if you're really like, no, I only want to spend my time around horses and equestrians. There's probably some sort of fringe interest equestrian group. Like, um, I have this friend on Facebook who has recently got into, like, archery on horseback, which is totally cool and, like, you know, random. She also events and stuff, but, like, how fun is that, right? And I'm sure there's a Facebook group for that. Or, you know, if you want to do something not horsey and, like, you're into hot air balloons or watercolor painting or something like that, the options are endless. So, you know, do a little search you can find a Facebook community that works for you or 
better yet, maybe you could find a real life community, you know, something going on in person near you. But thanks to the internet, you can probably uh, find something that you could get into. I love it. I love it. And I feel like it's just like following that curiosity um, can sometimes be really connected to community. Like if you have a friend that's like really passionate about something and like you're like, man, I'm not sure if that's for me. But like you see how it brings a light to their eyes and it brings this sort of like, oh, like I'm really excited about this thing. Like try it. Ask them to introduce you to that thing. Ask them to take you to class or explain more about it. Have a conversation and like use that as a point of connection of like, hey, this person and I might not have a lot in common, but like they've got this thing that they're really excited about and we can create common interests through shared, which actually kind of ties back into um, your book for the month, Emily. Yeah, definitely. And it also ties back into you taking me to a jujitsu class. Oh, you, oh, you you so, caught you full, caught up on that. Circle. You, you uh, yeah, you, you figured me out. <laughs> I I did. Yep. So this whole episode is about Tyler getting Emily to do jujitsu. Oh, the the pictures are gonna <laughs> so. be great, everyone. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. So. Um, yeah, anything else on that point? No, I mean, I feel like we've pretty much gone through, again, a lot of this is just, like, inspiring you to have an open mind. So I hope if, like, you got one thing across these topics and across these episodes is, like, trying to identify where you may be closed off to opportunities that could bring joy and fulfillment to your life. Perfect way to wrap that up. Should we get into your training tip of the month, Emily? Yes, we shall. So this month, I'm going to give you an exercise. Um, and it's something that Barry's physio here uh, in England. So they call like body workers and, you know, that sort of thing, like physios here. And... Um, Anyway, she gave me this exercise, so credit to Hannah. Um, but basically, you're going to set up walk poles on a fan shape. So, like, the inside of the poles will be closer together. The outside will be a little bit further apart. Mm -hmm. um, but the middle of the fan should be set at, like, two and a half to three feet apart, depending on, like, your horse's size. But anyways, you're going to set up probably three or four. If your horse is really good with their footwork, you could do five pulls on a fan. And then you're gonna raise the inside of the pole. So the closer ends, um, you're gonna raise those up on like blocks or I've actually used uh, jump standards, like those wing standards. I can kind of like put the poles in between them. Uh, so raise the inside. And then you're going to walk your horse through the fan one direction. So let's say you walk the fan to the left. Then when you get out of the poles, you're going to do a turn of the forehand off the right leg. And then you'll walk through the poles to the right. And then when you're finished with the poles, you're going to do a turn on the forehand off the left leg. And you can repeat that, you know, like three or four times each way. And what that does is it gets them like having to bend through their body and soften their rib cage, like as they go 
through the fan and then um, move off your inside leg as you do the turn on the forehand. So it just gets them like nice and supple and paying attention to their body. It can also mix things up a little bit, um, keep them interested in what they're doing. So I've found that to be really helpful for Barry and I hope you guys give it a try. Awesome. What's your grooming tip of the month, Tyler? So, you know, originally I wrote this a week ago when it was like really hot, and muggy and humid. And now I'm sitting here on my porch with like a blanket dra draped over me. But surely it's hot and muggy somewhere in the country. Um, and, and this reaches someone who could use this advice. Um, I feel like there's just a lot of like skin funk that goes on this time of year. Um, and actually, you know, as the rain is going to start coming in a little bit more, we're going to have hot, rain, wet dry like that creates just all sorts of problems in the horse world um and I think this might be like pretty simple and self-explanatory but I've seen the mistake being made like so many times so um try to make sure you're not spreading like any sort of skin fungus that you have through the barn sharing things like saddle pads and brushes and this is applicable if you're in a barn of 16 horses that are sharing the same brushes saddle pads or if you have your own horse right if your horse has hives one day and you brush it with a brush like those bacteria are going to live in that brush until the next day so you're just going to be reinfecting your horse reinfecting your horse reinfecting your horse or if you know you have a horse with hives and then you have a horse without hives and you share that saddle pad you're just going to keep spreading this around the barn um apple cider vinegar is like probably the best thing that you can use for this uh if you just have like a spray bottle full of apple cider vinegar you can spray down your brushes after you use them you can spray down um like sometimes i'll spray down a saddle pad before i put it through the wash just to try to like extra kill things um and you can actually also just throw some apple cider vinegar and some water in a bucket and like after you give your horse their bath or post-ride shower you're just gonna take that apple cider vinegar and water and like basically just leave it on their skin um co cover the body with it leave it on the skin and it actually works as a very good natural fly spray as well apple cider vinegar is the best so many uses yep so. good for your gut health too exactly yeah you can take a shot of that while you're spraying down your horse you know all good so, Emily, what's next? Well, we have a whole equestrian clinic in the books uh, in Grafton, Wisconsin on November 19th and 20th, which is the weekend before Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully it won't be too, too cold in Wisconsin at that point. We're playing uh, it a little bit risky there, but fingers crossed it should work out, and they have an indoor, so it'll be good. But... This clinic is first going to be filled with people at the host barn, which is Winter Haven Stables, but if there are available spots, we'll open it to the public, so just stay tuned for that. Uh, we are also organizing the whole equestrian weekend workshop, which will be December 3rd and or 4th, I think depending on how many uh, people we get interested and in, like speakers that we can get on board will depend if it's like a one or two day event uh, that will be held in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, and it's going to be filled with group activities and guest speakers that tie into our four pillars of mindset, fitness, nutrition and community. 
We are also hoping to figure out how to live stream it to people if you can't be in the area because I think it's going to be really fun. So uh, more details to follow. So, uh, well, as for this whole episode today, we hope that this gave you a chance to think about how to get curious and become inspired. Please find us at The Whole Equestrian on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like our content, please engage with us on social media. We love hearing from our listeners, hearing your success stories, hearing how you were able to change your mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community routines, um, and, and what you've gained from the show or what you would like to hear on a future episode. Also, be sure to connect with our sponsor of this episode, uh, Kayla of Hand Painted Ponies. That's at Hand Painted Ponies on Facebook and Instagram. A perfect gift for yourself, for someone else. Um, make sure that you're, you know, getting in early. I'm sure she's going to have a huge influx of people for Christmas time, Christmas gifts and stuff like that. So, um, you know, get ahead on, on the holiday rush and get your $5 off um, for being a whole equestrian listener in August. And then you can be ahead of the game this year. That sounds fantastic, and I will make sure to get on it, and hopefully our listeners will too. So thank you so much for listening. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. And in the meantime, enjoy the ride.